I am ready. Podcasting from the Sportique Studios, where we is... <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's been a couple weeks. That's true. Podcasting from the Sportique Studios, where we're stunned that the team is already replacing a coach we thought would be here forever. But we're sure Bud Black will do a fine job. This is the South Stands Denver Fancast. I'm Colin Daniels without producer Scott Stafford, but with the radio voice of DU men's basketball and the Wizard of Oz at 104.3 The Fan, Rob Sharon. Let's talk about Denver's most tenured head coach, Michael Malone. And the blood of the city, your host, John Reed. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah, you made, you made Raj, Raj applaud for me. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I will always applaud you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's been a while. Uh, South Stands Denver Fancast. We're happy to be back with you and recording in the cold confines of the of the new concrete bunker. Um, it is cold up here, but we appreciate that as opposed to the hot where we can't escape that. So uh, we're cold, but we're bundled up and we're we're digging it. And we got we got loads to get. Nothing to. is stuck to anything right now. Nothing, I'm no, fine. You're, you're you're flying free, aren't you? It's awesome. Um, yeah, it's great to uh, it's great to be back. We're, we got plenty to talk about, but we have uh, we have Raj with us, and uh, Raj and I talk on Twitter all the time about movies. Yes, we are movie nerds. It's super hard to talk in 140. Characters it is. It because, is because then you're like, well, have you seen this? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, and it's like, yeah. And then you don't have not, context, tone, yeah, all yeah. those types of yeah, things. Yeah, you, you can't tell from rolling my add eyes. to a conversation. Yeah, oh, I know. You know what I mean? And I'm rolling my eyes a lot. So I like but, staring <laughs> into your eyes right now, my <laughs> Thank friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. So we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk a little movies a little later. Because uh, love uh, movies. Yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of that to talk about too. But uh, there is a lot of sports to talk. about. Uh, I and I, and I know, and Raj, I know you talk sports all day long. <laughs> That's what, what do we describe it, uh, Colin? You said it was like um, having like, a, a house. Like, yeah, it's like asking a house painter to come over and paint your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go, hey, can you come over and, and paint this room right, for us? Right. You know, so we have a we have a a, a paint club, and uh, every now and again we get together and paint, and we thought you might like to, you know, paint. I have a friend who I he was a painter at, at one point like he did it you know just kind of like uh, to extra money and I think he was painting and then like he came over and uh, painted a house I had moved into and he came over and painted and I you know bought him beer and uh, pizza and stuff and uh, but it was that same thing it was like I just painted all day but now I'm gonna go paint some more <laughs> so I guess it depends you know so if, if it's if we can make it fun for you then let's that, then make that's, it fun we'll have right. a great so, time we'll have a great so time. Uh, there's plenty going on I think the big thing that that's happened is uh, is obviously with the, the nuggets the, right the nuggets yeah it's, <laughs> it's obviously with the nuggets and mike malone's up to his old tricks again guys uh no we'll talk about that because that's one of the things that um usually sets me off and and raj checks in with me and goes you know are you doing okay are, i do are, 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 i actually are, really are, do are you, are you triggered it is, he <laughs> wants okay? to know if i'm triggered by something mike, mike malone has said um and so, you know, and I appreciate that. I Thank did, you. Hey, Thank you for checking you're in on Anytime, me. Well, friend. we'll talk about that. But, uh, no, the Denver Broncos, um, Kubiak retires, kind of wasn't out of the blue. And everyone says, oh, he didn't tell us. But everyone else was like, after he had his episode, after what was it, the Atlanta, the Atlanta game? The Atlanta game. Mm-hmm. And, and it was similar to the one he had when he was the Texans coach. I think everybody kind of went, you know, the season's in the toilet. He's not in good health. 
maybe this is it for him. You know, they're not they're not doing so well. Once they missed the playoffs, it was kind of like, well, could this happen? I don't think it was that much of a surprise, was it? I heard. Okay, so let me backtrack through the timeline of at least what I know, and and I'm not pretending to be Mike Kliss breaking stories. It's just the whispers of stuff I knew. Uh, I had heard a rumor, whether it's true or not, that he actually wanted to retire after they won the Super Bowl. Wow. And, and that John wanted to talk him, and John talked him back into coming, which isn't terribly surprising when you consider it's it's well documented. He didn't want to become a head coach again to begin with. I mean, he had put out a public statement, what, I think a week before he, he uh, the Denver job came open a few years ago that he was comfortable staying he in Baltimore. He did say that, yeah. And in fact, because uh, my parents live pretty close to the Ravens facility in, in Baltimore. It's in, it's in a suburb. Owings Mills. Next, to where, next to, to where Carmelo Anthony grew up, right? You guys are buddies from way back. <laughs> yeah, from way far back. <laughs> they didn't exactly grow up near Mello. Uh, and, and they told me they, they had seen her. I can't remember who it was, but uh, Gary and Kubiak and, and his wife Rhonda were like building a house there. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they were, they were clearly very comfortable staying there in that role as an offensive coordinator. It's a relatively stable franchise, good ownership. John Harbour's not going anywhere. They were good. And he, got talked into coming. So it's not really really a far stretch to think this. So I had heard that rumor that um, he had considered retire. Not that he wanted to retire. I want to make that clear. I, I never heard he went and said, I'm out, and they talked back into it, but just more of like a, hey, hey, John, you know, let, maybe I should be done. And no, no, come on back. So I knew that was already somewhat in the, the fold. And then after the health issue, uh, maybe it was a few weeks after that, I had heard, and it was that's when I first heard the rumor about, him maybe wanting to retire before the season that now with this he's going to have every reason to want to and i had heard that he had a he and his wife had built a ranch in houston that that was their plan to retire there and that with the latest health issue that it might push them that direction no no i want to interrupt just briefly you continually you're using the term the health issue and that kind of brings me where to where i wanted to kind of go with the same topic which uh -huh. To deal into his private life and find out what's wrong, <laughs> what's what's wrong with his health. Precisely. Let's get um, to yours first, and then we can. Oh, uh, there's plenty of that to go around. But uh, but n I wonder, and I wanted to ask Raj about this yeah. specifically because you're a producer. That's what you do. You mm -hmm. manage content, and the the dog and pony show goes in whatever directions you point it. Sure. Is the media at times complicit? in basically helping to deliver a message for an organization like the Broncos. I mean, as I understand it, and you can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, the fact is Gary Kubiak has had multiple strokes, not migraine headaches, strokes, and that it was known that he was going to retire in and that, in fact, the coaching search was already underway. Maybe I'm insane. Maybe the places I'm hearing this are – ridiculous places and maybe you're far more in the loop than i but i wonder at times is there a carrying of the water for these organizations on the part of the um, media i think you have to i mean you have to remember everyone's getting their info in large part from a lot of the same sources so that's what's gonna that's good what's gonna control the content and denver is a small market so you have a limited you have more limited resources to get those sources than if you are covering the new york giants or the washington redskins or whatever so you're gonna get you're, it's gonna be funneled in um I, I in my opinion this is my opinion it's gonna be getting funneled in from a lot of similar sources which is why you to answer your question because i think i'm doing it in a roundabout way i don't know if someone's necessarily carrying the water but if that's the only info they have 
that's all they have to really report. Well, I, I think what you're saying is that people knew and they and they didn't say anything. I don't think that's the case. I think people kind of had an inkling, but no one. It was not like a thing. I don't think anyone was told. Yeah, this is this is gonna happen. That that I, I would yeah. I would lean more towards because that's kind of where I was and the people I knew. It's just we had heard. Now I didn't hear. I didn't. I don't know. That's why I call it a health issue. I don't know what it was other than what they told me, uh, which is the same thing they told everybody, the public that he had. The, and the I don't migraine. think anybody knows more than that. Now, you say a stroke and it, yeah, sure, it probably was. But uh, no, I don't think anyone but him and John Elway and the top guys knew anything about what right. his actual issue is because no one should know. Right. No right. one should know because it, well, it's, the, it's not I, it's not anyone's really business. I think you just stumbled onto the crux of <clears throat> what makes this conversation interesting is. Are you correct in that nobody should know? Now, I understand HIPAA laws and there are, mm. there are regulations the main about, thing. about what can be released in terms of people's health. But it does seem to me that the public has enough invested in these teams that they are deserving of as much information as accurately as, as, as what's made is what is available. And there are cases I, a couple of years ago, you know, a bad Saturday night, a couple Broncos somewhere in Texas do something. You got to keep to lead shooting himself in the leg, whatever the case may be. A lot of times I feel like guys like DMAC, somebody you work with closely, guys like that know, they know what happened and they can't say, won't say, don't disclose those things. Now I will say on DMAC's part, He's the closest you'll find in this market to somebody that will walk up to that edge in revealing what he actually knows, often in a very calculated in, in way that but, only if you're connecting but it, with but him it ha you know. it has to be part – it has to be – you just can't all of a sudden just, just start going, hey, Gary Kubiak's having strokes and he's going to retire because it has no context whatsoever. You actually has to be part of the story. Now, if someone now dug a little deeper – and they went, hey, here's actually why he retired and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they can kind of piece it together and report on that. But beforehand, you can't do that as a journalist. And I, and I, and I know <laughs> I'm no journalist, but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a, there's a fine line there. Right. So it's, it's almost like if uh, Bronco shoots himself, um, unless, you, unless you get the story from the police or something like that, there's no way you can start talking about it because you can't speculate on it because you don't know for sure. And there's just it's it has to be part of a story right. that has to be relevant to what you're covering. Well, right? like the specific circumstance we're talking about with Gary when he had the incident against Atlanta, you're essentially you're having to take at the word the information that's being given to you. Uh, the It wasn't just completely swept under the rug. They, I believe the Broncos issued a statement that night. Gary Kubiak has been hospitalized with it, and I think it was like the next day they defined it as a severe migraine. And they said right away the doctor's saying he's going to be out for a week and he'll be back next week. So you, at that point, you're essentially taking them at their word. They, they didn't come out and say he had a uh, health issue that will remain confidential. They specifically defined it. If they had said something like, uh, you know, he's been hospitalized. We hope to see him in a week. Then it's like, okay, well, what was the issue? Or, you know, we, what, what's going on? But they did define it as something. Whether and, and I know, you know, you'd speculate, and I and you're not the only one. I've heard other people speculate that it, it might have been something else. But that is what they at least claimed. Well, when when your favorite pop star uh, gets hospitalized because of quote dehydration. <laughs> You don't start going, I demand answers. I need to know exactly <laughs> what this person was doing and, and what, what they were on. And, and 
it you just kind of you just kind of go okay all right now right. now obviously this had some effect on the Broncos this season and you, we can bring it around statistically to that. you you can absolutely pinpoint yes. that that data is and it, and it, a, a and time because they the team. they really kind of and and he had some he had some moments last season I remember and obviously we forget about that because they won the Super Bowl right. but he had some moments where I remember I was just going what is going on and this is this is very confusing just kind of the decisions he was making I'm not saying that has anything to do with it but it definitely um, as the season went further and further in the tank, and they seemed to play worse and worse. You had to think, okay, maybe this has something sure. to do with it. Um, so there, yes, that's that's a part of it that you can that you can explore and kind of wonder right, what happened. Right. I just think you know what he just looked kind of miserable, and he just wasn't doing probably I, I as good noticed, job as he thought. Uh, when I was at the press conference the day after the uh, Chiefs lost, the one that eliminated them, I was at that one. And I did notice, you know, it kind of Gary looks really tired. And I know NFL head coaches get tired. I get sure. it; it's a grind. But it, it it was noticeable to me. I I did notice it. And, and you know, sure enough, we now find out on the record we've found out that the previous night he was talking to John Elway that I, I think this is it. So it, it it would completely add up and make sense. I think a lot of it, John, to what you were pointing out, and, and this to kind of spin it forward will relate to where they go from here with the coach is that not just how the team was affected by it, but considering the role and the uh, infrastructure that was in place, Gary Kubiak, he's the head coach, which means he's responsible for the football team. He was also the play caller. He was also essentially the offensive coordinator. So you threw all those things into a loop, and I found it interesting at his retirement press conference when he mentioned how you know he's always taken pride in being this head coach and a player's coach and everybody can come to him and he does all these things and then he can put a game plan together offensively and then he can call a great game and then he tried to get out of it and he just couldn't do it because he in not so many words kind of said I'm, I was stuck in my ways that's that, that's how I coach and I I couldn't change I'm wondering if now moving forward they are going to consider that with whatever coach they go with next if they are not going to want to bring in a Kyle Shanahan that would be responsible for being the head coach and essentially being the offensive coordinator and essentially being sure. the play caller. I'm wondering how much that'll affect. Well, we, we can we can cover that in a, in a little bit. I was just thinking when you're talking about him being tired, like mm -hmm. when we record the show and um, it's what it's, it's what time is it right now? It's it's qu it's quarter to eight. Like let's say I might quarter get, to eight in the Bile High yeah, City. I might get to bed. I might get to bed at around midnight because I'll sit up and play the show, whatever, I'm going to be tired and confused tomorrow, just just from tonight, okay? And now Gary's probably a good 10, 12 years or so older right. than I am, maybe 15 years. I, I, I'm going to be out of it tomorrow just from this. And so I can't <laughs> imagine doing that job. 20-hour day. Yeah, how old is he? How old is he? Gary late Kubiak? 50s? Uh, yeah, I think mid to late 50s. Mid to late believe, 50s. Yeah. You can only imagine how many 40s he puts down. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. He's probably not drinking when, he, when, he's, when he's getting his, play, his plays together. But um, I, just, I just see that, and I kind of go, I feel awful from just being up till midnight, and I just can't imagine what that would do to someone like that. Here, I think eventually they get into a groove of it, and they get in a rhythm and a grind, and they just expect it. But it can wear on you. And I mean, and I've talked to the guys I work with and stuff that I've worked with through the years in the NFL, and they're like, I don't know how these coaches do it. They, they don't particularly eat well. They don't sleep well. They're under an immense amount of stress. They're basically over-the-road truckers <laughs> with an office. Right. Here's what's weird to me, guys. And, and, and we'll, we can kind of close the first quarter out with this notion. All the Colorado guys from all the teams are gone now. The, the ex-players. Yeah. We mean, and Sackick's going to be next. 
Well, so buys, goodbye Sackett, goodbye Wah, goodbye Weiss, goodbye Kubiak. It was a really exciting time for Colorado guys in pro sports here in Denver. So you're saying Chauncey Billups to is going to Chauncey try Billups and fail? Chauncey is running for the hills. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. <laughs> what do I do with this mess? So, uh, well, we're going to talk about all those messes real soon. We got, we, got a lot, we got a lot of messes to run down, fellas. So we're going we're gonna to get to all of those um, here in the following, uh, the following quarters as we go along. Um, oh, yeah, okay. And Scott is in Europe, so we can't uh, have him rolling the tunes. But this will work. I think this will work. Yeah, sounds good. All right, let's get into the second quarter right now. so young and pretty. And one thing I know is true. If you did before your time is due, I know. Watch my dad. Park at the intersection of Evans and Downing offers a curated whiskey selection, craft beer, John's favorite, classic cocktails, and elevated tavern fare featuring oysters, wings, now bottomless on Wednesdays, by the way, and specialty burgers. The Rosedale is open daily and offers happy hour every day, three to six, including $1 oysters, along with weekend brunch on Saturday and Sunday. Please pop by, treat yourself, treat a friend. And let them know the South Stands sent you. It's the questions, huh? What? It's the questions. What? what? It's the questions. Yeah, we miss you, Scott. Did Gary Kubiak actually quit because John Elway voted for Trump? Did Kubiak find himself feeling sick every day? Sick of working for John Elway? Did Kub's career aspirations spend New Year's Eve at the Safari nightclub and leave in a Hummer limousine? Will he not be? Come on. Jeez. I don't know what that is. <sighs> okay. All right. Google it. Will he not be able to return to coaching full time until the doctors determine the proper combination of life sustaining black hair dyes? That's pretty good. Speaking of memory loss, the joke I crossed off. <laughs> yeah, good. Am I the only one having flashbacks about something called Soysher? Will Nine News save money and satisfy their viewers by actually replacing Drew Soysher with Nick the Sea Lion? Will Drew Soysher suffer the indignity many unemployed broadcasters do at Mile High Sports Radio? Does Allie Sturm follow the highs and lows of Nugget season with her skirts and necklines? Did Allie learn everything she knows about basketball from the documentary Space Jam? Does she re- relate easily to center Nik- Nikolai Jokic since they're both basically seven-footers? <laughs> Get it? Looks best from seven feet away. Did station management have these mixed... Are, these, are, these are not hitting. I don't know. Oh, these are awesome. Right. They're hitting the listeners. I okay, promise. keep going. Um, did station management have mixed feelings about her fundraising concept, a bikini car wash to buy maps for the Iraq and such as? Uh, <laughs> wrap it up this is good stuff 
Once football season is over, will the producers at 104.3 The Fan devote more programming to the other three sports? Football offseason, football draft, and football free agency. You have questions. We have answers. Southstandsdenver.com, Colorado's finest internet sports talk since 1971. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking this is, out uh, the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. This is really the soundtrack of uh, me driving around like all over the country with my dad. This is the music that was always playing. He, he had the Johnny Paycheck eight track. Yeah, just it was always this this era of country is that time I remember. I am so, so. jealous of both your guys' music knowledge. I have none. None. Really? I remember. If you never heard this before? I mean, maybe I have. I remember listening back to your guys uh, uh, when you had uh, my good friend Jeff Morton, on, and you guys were talking about yeah. music half the time. I know nothing Jeff, about. Jeff music. knows. Jeff knows. Nothing. His fair share about music. Uh, Jeff is is uh, wildly informed about music. Lamiel comes to me and goes, "Why do you hate music? I don't hate music. I just don't know anything about it." You know, and that's the thing is like I know plenty of people like that. Like they they might know a lot about music, but they might not know anything about sports or right. vice, vice versa. Sports and movies is takes up. Now all me, my I'm brain. I'm extremely well rounded, Raj. I know uh, about doesn't movies, surprise music. me at all, my yes, friend. I know I know all about that. Me in the least. Um, but yeah, you know, it's one of those things. It's kind of like well. If you like music, that's great. But if it's not an interest of yours, you don't seek it out. And, you know, you might be like, oh, I like that song. Cool. Whatever. Right. But it's not. And that's kind of how I am. I'll hear stuff. Um, I mean, even at, when I'm at work, because there's uh, you know music stations in the building. And oh, yeah, I know that song. And it'll be like the most common song everybody knows. But I'm like excited because I kind of recognize it. But I just I don't have music knowledge. I'm I'm I mean, like I was just thinking about my music the other day. And like I like my the stuff I have on my old iPod. It's not that I have some current stuff, whatever, but it's all pretty, you know, I don't know. I guess it's probably pretty dated if someone looked at it because I listen to stuff online. So I listen to stuff on Spotify. So if I have the newer stuff, I listen to it. I don't even own it anymore. But um, but I I like so into I love music so much. Like I haven't been I haven't I haven't stopped thinking about Joy Division lately. I've been so into Joy Division and um I'm like reading the book by the bass player. I'm like buying like the, the the collections with the live songs and just like like soaking up and thinking about the band. Okay, so Joy Division became New Order. You've heard of New Order? No. Okay, you don't know New Order? I, I'm ki- I, I'm not joking with you. I don't know <laughs> okay. anything about music. Well, okay. Well, that's I've my heard be- of the Beatles. Okay. I that- don't know that I ever would have gotten laid if not for New Order. Yeah, I know. Uh, that was like a that was just like a soundtrack so of good my dancing went oh, on. Yeah. Um, well. Maybe that's a discussion for another day. So <laughs> that's a it's a long discussion. Yeah, but, and, uh, and, and, and we'll get lost. Okay, you know, right. me, at well, least with here, me. You guys will have a great conversation. I'll be like, this is really impressive. Well, here's and and uh, you know we definitely get when Scott gets people in here like Jeff. Yeah, he'll start showing off and playing like we had when he had Brett Saunders in here. He was really showing off, trying to play some stuff that maybe Brett might recognize. You know, and so um, yeah, it's it's a it's an integral part of our lives. Sure. I think so. 
But Scott's nickname should be B-Side. B-Side, Instead, yeah. it's Captain Fantasy, and well-earned again oh, this yeah. year, he's, by the way. He's a good fantasy player. The champion of the South Stands Denver uh, uh, Tier 1 League this year. And, uh, it's I really love that you of, have multiple tier leagues. It's really kind of great so on me. That's almost as good as John's tier system of fans. Well, they, see, I, well that's where I stole it. I <laughs> renamed ours because we, we split off. We created another league, and we just called it the B-League. But then it was kind of like they were like, you guys suck because you're the B-League. And I was like – no, this is actually a super competitive league, and it like has stayed like the people we've kept the core of Developed it. those rivalries. Well, well yeah, yeah, where yeah. his is like new people every every year, <laughs> and so finally I said, you know what, we're not the B league, we're the platinum. So I called oh, us the platinum. Okay, yeah. That's so cool. and then yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. then he he stole tier one for his. So <laughs> it's kind of weak, but um. So I I want to maybe get into a little bit of Nuggets talk, sure. but but what will lead into this is I need to talk to Colin real quick about his um his weird obsession with Ali Sturm, who I'm does obsessed these, with how terrible she. Is. You know, hold on, listen. Yeah, you can you can you can not like her if I, she does. I don't know. She does a fine job, whatever. She does you, an absolutely terrible you, job. You have a weird obsession with her, and I think you're weirding people out. You're weirding me out. So you I don't suppose I'm weirding her out. Oh, I know. No, no weird. she's way weirder. I'm sure you're but, weirding her out. You, you wouldn't compare this to my Kavnar thing, though, because Kavnar, I have great respect for as a you, broadcaster. Yeah, you you are you are you are nothing but uh, nothing but adoration for. Now, here's how I see it, dude. Maya Starks, who I really enjoyed for a lot, a number of years and Julie Brownman as well. Um, absolute pro. Totally miss her. And the fact that. They some pervy executive at Altitude decided to put Hold this on. giggle girl Hold in her on. stead. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We all have, and Raj, you might not you might not appreciate this because you're in the business, but mm-hmm. when 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 you're someone who absorbs sports media, you have these things where you're like, Oh, I hate this person for whatever reason like i don't like this person because i don't like the way they say Soycher, for example whatever you know and it's like i don't like him because the way they say something um that's fine and i understand that but i think your 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 witch hunt and your obsession is gone a little over the top and i'm just saying that you know maybe only a little though public perception uh you know so might... i got a ways to go before i'm way uh, over the top with this thing it's 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 basically a it's a pole vaulter and he has he has vaulted over and he's doing he's his hands up and he's going over the bar you that's how far over you are you're I like this visage of me as a pole vaulter yeah, it's, it's really yeah really it's, nothing could be further from the truth you you haven't been that far off the ground since you went to Elitch's last okay. summer so um i just, all i'm saying is that it's a little weird I just think she's a hack. That's fine. I think she's an absolute I, hack. I think there's plenty of people who are hacks in this town. But, I suppose. Um, I just think it's like kind me. of... Like me. Yeah, you're, you're not a hack. No, it's one thing, though, to be a hack and be uh, ex- uh, absolutely inappropriately sexy at times. But I that's, mean, seriously, her, her costumes at times are embarrassing. All I'm saying it's is... It's embarrassing. All I'm saying is that it's your your weird old man obsession is... is <laughs> I see it, and I kind of, I kind of go. Ugh. I just, I want to take a blanket and just I, cover her up. I just, that's fine. That's that's your your fatherly instinct. Um, but that's let's you know, I do do what you got to do. And but roll her up in it. All I'm saying is it's just getting a little weird. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I'll watch it. I mean, I don't want that perception to be out there, and certainly I would hate for uh, the lovely Miss Sturm to be frightened of me, or or you know maybe put me on a watch list or have a restraining order filed so i'll definitely uh you know stay aware of the risk involved there. okay because if right. you're perceiving it this way obviously the public is perceiving it this oh, way. oh yes for sure but and no really what it comes down to me is a matter of professionalism and knowing what you're the the subject matter that you're t- for example a few years back 
it was pretty common it was pretty common for Julie Brownman not to know the names of the Avalanche players. You recall this, correct? It's it's not a lot different than that. It's like, come on, know your job. The the questions she asks sometimes uh, of coaches at, at and and players as they leave the floor are just absolutely mind-boggling. All right. Just ha- I just had to get that out there. Now, about the Nuggets, and Raj can chime in on this. But I'm having a lot of fun watching the Nuggets. I've been able to go a lot, by the way. Well, that's good. I've been able to attend that's, a lot of Raj, games. Raj, that's what you want, right? You want people to go, right? You and Jeff Morton, you're saying people, they don't go I- enough? I'm not, like, I'm not as over the top about it as Jeff to cheerlead for people to go down there. Hey, I- I'm tickets not, are free. I'm <laughs> not... <laughs> I'm get not free that easily. over the top with it. It's but still dead last in the NBA in attendance, yeah, correct? And it, I haven't checked for this a year second year right in a row. There. I know they were last is. year. I heard recently that was the case. It's so. just it's so fascinating because, quite frankly, the white and, gold home unis are gorgeous. My good friend Paul Cleve from Colorado Springs Gazette. We and I know Paul Cleve well. well. We used Dif- to. We, we differ to, on yeah. this a little bit because Paul believes, and I don't want to totally misquote, but I. I think Paul would agree with this, that Denver is this very, very good basketball town that will come out to watch a great product. And my opinion Denver's on it, a front-running town that will come out to watch a great product. But even then, I th- this is just, again, my opinion, I think basketball is at a disadvantage from the other sports. Uh, a few years ago, the Nuggets went, they won 57 games. They went 38-3 and at home, and they finished 14th in attendance. Uh, if I remember correctly, in the entire Carmelo Anthony era, they never cracked the top 10, despite being a playoff contender every year, uh, having a marquee player, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that doesn't mean they hate basketball, but d- they weren't the worst team in the NBA last season. And they certainly weren't the least entertaining. I, I was surprised that they were you know, absolutely dead last. If you had told me they were 25th or something like that, I would be like, OK, yeah, that's about commensurate with wh- where they should be. Dead last, the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that transparently put out there, we are tanking. This is our strategy. Drew more fans than that's the Denver amazing. Nuggets. That's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what I found. I, I find so surprising about it. And, and I think that you have to consider there, there's a bit of a handicap there. To, to use a golf term, I think there's a handicap there uh, if you're the Nuggets uh, that I don't believe exists with the Avalanche and the Rockies. I don't. I believe if the av- if the Avalanche, what what would we say is the equivalent to a fifty seven win, thirty eight and three home record in in hockey? If the Avalanche had a year like that, I think they would be in the top three in the NHL. In attendance. Oh God, yeah, and, and, and that's my point with it. Well, if the Rockies had a year where they won a hundred games and uh, were winning ninety percent plus of their home games at Coors Field, I think they'd be in the top five in baseball. Now we we've covered this before, and I've I've always said now the Rockies obviously enjoy the summertime, and they enjoy you know people can just go in a pair of shorts and flip flops, yeah, absolutely. and they can they can just roll it's down there that, that ballpark and that environment. Is, it's, it's fantastic, a great marketing tool. And yeah, and it's a wonderful time. So right now it's it's seven degrees out, and you <laughs> think ah, I gotta go trudge from the parking lot to the Pepsi Center yeah. ugh, and watch them lose. Sure, it really it puts a damper on yeah. it. So. Um, I just think there's also I think it's the it, it is the sports fan. Now, Paul's right. This they people will come out. Sure. If they're a contender. Sure. They will come out for it. And uh, but I just also think that the tastes here are more custom 
custom made, custom tailored for football, hockey. Now you could just go ahead and say white people. That's that's fine, Colin. You could go ahead and say that. Oh, it's in the back of my mind. And the it's whole in time. there. And it's and I'm I'm talking but about. But is that it? I'm is talking that about it? the white people. It's the white people that and what they what they want to enjoy. And you've got the you know and is in the you're, NBA. You're not stating anything that crazy. You can look at demographic information of, of who you know. Now the NBA is doing very well no matter what ethnicity you are with young people. So that'll be interesting as the and when I say young, I'm talking like the generation that's in elementary and middle school right now. Like they do very well with that group. I'm I'm curious sure. as that group gets older, are they gonna migrate to going to Nuggets? The the one thing I always saw was that um, even before uh, Golden State was was good, they still had good crowds. Yep. That was one thing they always yep. said. They mm-hmm. said, hey, they always had good crowds. Now demographically. You've probably got more people in that area, in Oakland, in that right. area, that are going That's to. That's before the new arena in San Francisco. Uh, sure. Are they in San Francisco? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. If they, I think they're going next year. I, I, yeah, I think it's next year they make the move. I they got a brand new arena coming to San Francisco. Okay. They're well, in Oakland, then. Um, and, and I just think demographically, and, and we can just say, we can put this along like racial lines, too. There's It's, it's very white here still. And I think that that there is a there's a thing where the I, I think there's a racial divide with how people enjoy their sports. And I'm not saying that they would just be like, I'm not going to go watch some black guys play. It's just it's just they would gravitate towards hockey players uh, doing well than they would the Nuggets play. It's strange because it's certainly aside from championships, the Nuggets have a longer, stronger, prouder tradition here in the Denver area than the Avalanche do. And and it it is weird that that people won't show up. And, and, you know, I do wonder about it. Is it because we're just too too lily white a city? But I also think and I do see good crowds at times at the New York Knicks game. There were, that was a good crowd in yeah. Pepsi Center. Well, that's because Carmelo there, was, was there. Right? The greatest nugget of all time yeah. was in the house. It, it was Knicks fans. That's who was there. <laughs> um, and, and in that respect, I don't think it's that much different than right. Coors Field. And we're starting to see it creep in over at Mile High, too. Well, so it's, that, it's just a factor of being a Denverite. It, but it, it's, it's also the fact that the Nuggets have been bad for a while, and they just – if you've got that win ten, ten years in a row, they went to the playoffs. I know, but but, but it, it fell off. It fell off hard, and right. then and so once it does, and, um, and the way it fell off, John, from a marketing perspective, which really that's all we're talking about yeah. here with attendance, the Nuggets, in in my opinion, made a couple marketing mistakes in that. Okay, that league, which does better from a, a national distribution than a local distribution. They're the complete opposite from baseball. Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN can't draw ratings, but a Kansas City Royals game in Kansas City does phenomenal. Sure. In the NBA, the Denver Nuggets on altitude are not drawing a great local TV rating in Denver. In fa- but here's what's funny. More people in Denver will watch a Warriors-Cavs game on ESPN than a Nuggets game if they're on at the same wow. time. The, the, the national distribution trumps the, the local. So – because of that, so you have this in mind. So really, the the national narrative is what shapes the NBA. What do we all know about the way they market the NBA? They market it around Players, stars. They stars. market it around superstars. Yeah. So the Nuggets have and, one. And right now, Jokic is getting marketed on M- NBA TV, yeah, yeah, ESPN. Towards it. I mean, right. you you see it. It's funny. You said it. You said it almost exactly the same. I sense when I listen to like the Bill Simmons podcast, or I listen to Daily Fantasy Sports uh-huh. podcasts. Oh, they know about them. <laughs> they, they know the Nuggets. They know about Jokic. And These they know guys, about some of their good young and, players. And they, know, and they they know about other Nuggets, too. Right. And I hear that these national guys talking. The Nuggets are on people's lips, NBA fans' lips. Yes. But we, More don't, so but than we don't recognize right. that. Well, and, and that has to do – I mean, a lot of it is the Denver sports, ban, sports fan has been – 
attuned to, in large part because of the Broncos, but also the Avalanche, that it's about winning the championship. It's about championships. And the NBA, in all reality, because such it can't so be. few it teams, can't it be. can't be. You have to be into just the, the, the ride of the regular. And, and I will raise my hand and say I'm a person that fell victim to this a few years ago. Because to go back to my marketing point, uh, the Nuggets did a good job of, with Melo. But when Melo left, they made a conscious decision. They chose to pick a superstar to market their team around. And that superstar was their head coach, George Carl. And George Carl became the face of the Denver Nuggets. He was on billboards. He was on promos for Altitude. It was George Carl's Denver Nuggets. You could have put a double header up and say, LeBron in the Heat, take on Melo in the Knicks, followed by um, Dwight Howard in the Rockets against George Carl's Nuggets. Like It, it literally became but that. But he was the most recognizable He was the most recognizable person. guy, and they marketed that. And then they canned him <laughs> after a 57-win season. And, and, I, and, and, and coach and, of the year. And, and a coach of the coach year of the award. Year. And, and I understood it at the time, and now I look back and realize, Oh, wow, I did not understand. I, I, I recognized it as a mistake at the time. Right. It, well, it, it was absolutely what your goals insane. were. When they said what their goals were at the time, which I think have changed, I understood it. If your well, goal they said, really we're, win, they said, we need to take the next take step. Take the next step. Now they killed me back in where they were just being a perennial 50-win playoff team. They take it. So it just it's funny how things have shifted through time. we got to take a break. This is good talk, um, but we got to get into the second half, and um, we can pick that back up again. There's some good stuff. We still have to talk a little Malone, too, but uh, we got we got a lot to get John's to. John's so good friend. My good Michael buddy. Malone. Yeah, I love him. He's He's so he's so great. Every every time he opens his mouth, I think it's awesome. So um, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Gary, now I know I was wrong. I messed up and now you're gone. Gary, I'm sorry I neglected you. Oh, I never expected you to run away. Version that the, the extended version, it, there's too much buildup. There's a lot of buildup. I mean, by that time, I am perclimped. The one I use, uh, and the one I think Scott uses. You edited that down. I edited it down, yeah. and he he uses that one that I put in when when he's not here. 
Um, but you know, that one's, that one's perfectly fine. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want Raj to leave here thinking we didn't get to any movie talk. Yeah. We got to get to some movie. Speaking of extended edition. Exactly. This is extended edition of the podcast. Um, Because, you know, we could sit here and talk about, you know, Mike Malone and how he hates everyone in Denver. (laughs) We could talk about that all night. Oh, no. We could break down all the head coaching candidates for the Denver Broncos. We could do that. Which, which, see, again, that's that's been done all week. I thought we were going to do popsicle sticks or something. Oh, yeah. No. no, You were going to actually predict the the head coach. (laughs) the Broncos by molding his visage (laughs) out of popsicle sticks. Well, we can do that later. We'll get to that. But I've got um, a bunch of popsicle sticks and Elmer's glue all. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But but, safe, safe to work with. But we have we have to talk a little movie. Yes. Because like I said, we this has become like my passion. I know. I know. See, um, so Raj likes that. He he loves the superhero movies. I'm into it. Both the DC and the Marvel. Or do you have a preference? I have a I have a preference. His Uh, preference is DC. Preference is DC. He loves the DC. But I, I, I don't dislike the Marvel movies, although this natural just like weird rivalry thing still happens. And then I do side with DC and I'll start to crap on it's the like, movies it's like the east coast like. west coast rap thing only nerdier hold yes! on hold on wait 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 <laughs> the great the great cecil lammy you're, you're familiar uh, with the work of cecil lammy dear personal friend dear personal friend cecil's been in here numerous times he's one been, of the originals he's really. one of the originals always gracious he's to a come five times five timer he's a five timer yeah um always gracious with his time to come in here and sit with us um I was arguing with somebody about it, and finally I just said, Cecil, come on, what's better, DC or Marvel? I mean, you got to, you got to, you got to decide. And he said, well, he he begrudgingly said Marvel's better. Okay. And he he, oh, I'm gonna hold him to. He that. did. He said that. He said, yeah. well, Marvel's better. And he said, well, DC, you know, is great because blah blah blah. But Marvel's better. And uh, he he did say that. Now maybe he'll deny it, but I remember him sure telling me that. So. Um, Marvel is better, and the movies are better. They're fantastic. Now, I don't know how many you've seen, Colin, but I go see all of it. Now, here's here's the thing, Raj. Now, you're going to go see these movies anyway. Yes. I went a long time where I just never went to the movie theater because I mm-hmm. hated it. Right. But after I had kids, and once they got old enough, they're like, hey, I want to see this movie. And I was yeah. like, all right, cool. So now, like, I am gung-ho. And I'm like, I get the I get the reserved seats over at the, the what's the one on uh, on Hamden that's that's near my house? The Hamden? The, con- the Continental. The con- it's Continental. You see, yeah. And so I get, like, the reserved seats. I pick the ones right in the, right in the middle, right behind the handicap yeah. row. So we got this great view. And I'm just into it. So anytime a Marvel movie comes out. Have you done the place with the food yet? I've done them. I've done them. I've yeah, done right. one. I've done that uh, Aurora I, I, Movie Tavern. Yeah, a couple yeah. Times. I've, it's I've fun. been to that one. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I went and saw. I went and saw. You're not going to get like a great meal. It's like nachos or wings, chicken or stuff nuggets, like that. yeah, nuggets, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, it's all right. And, I, and the, it, it helped because I it was. I think we went and saw Ant Man. I'd seen Ant Man already, and I was like, I've seen the movie, so it's no big deal. Um, I prefer not to have distractions when I see a movie. I like yeah. to just focus on it. You're locked in. I'm locked in. I and respect that. I, thank you. And. Uh, um, before we get into the Cole's DC, already starting to check out. Yeah, he is. He's already checking out. <laughs> before we get into the DC Marvel debate, which Cecil's pretty much already sure, he's already sure. settled for us. Um, how great was Rogue One? I really enjoyed. Rogue it was One. awesome. Yeah, wasn't and, it? and and just so people know, I mean, Star Wars is still my that's my first love when it comes to movies and, and maybe even life. I'm just kidding. Uh, but even more than the superhero movies. I mean, I enjoy the superhero mir- movies, but I, I'm when I say I'm a nerd, I'm a nerd, John. I, I mean. <laughs> I watch Star Wars Rebels every yeah, week. Yeah, that's pretty nerdy. I read the comics. I read that's, the novels. That's pretty I'm nerdy. One of those guys. So yeah, uh, when you told I said something about we were talking about Star Wars. We were, we were yes. chatting about Star Wars via Twitter, 
and then you were like, "Well, so and so said it's this person," and right. you, you were you were referencing the guy who like writes Star Wars Rebels or something like no, that. No, no, no. I was talking about Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Pablo is one of the members of the Lucasfilm Story Group. That literally, it's a group that their job is making sure that the continuity and canon all fits. Wow! Imagine having that job. Jeez. Oh, I'd awesome. love it. I know. It'd be so he awesome. writes books and stuff. So I, 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 in fact, after Rogue One, I went and bought the Rogue One Visual Dictionary. I mean, uh-huh. this is so nerdy, and like it will break down elements of each character's costumes not not the main characters i mean like the <laughs> random guy who is in the corner of that scene who has that weird patch thing there there's a name for the patch thing and what it represents and i read all of it that see that's cool i like that i might not go that it may far. not be defined as cool but i enjoy well it. I, I enjoy that and like um and because because my kids are so they got right. into like the superhero movies see you've got your kids that drew you in for me it was because i grew up such a big sports fan and now that I work in sports, I wanted to find something different that I could get into when I wasn't around. And I grew up liking, you know, Star Wars movies. And so that's how I got See, that's kind of the opposite for me because I did not grow up a sports fan, but I liked all that stuff. Yeah. And um, but well, but, and for and that's where the 10 years between our ages and his come in as far as Star Wars goes. I mean, it yeah, was, you guys got to see him in the theaters, was, right? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was it was that that was good, clean family fun. Sure. I mean, when we were kids, that was it. Yeah. 1980, I was eight years old. You know. I saw Empire Strikes Back at what I think was the original Continental, which is where um, old Chicago is in yes, Colorado. Yeah. Yes, that was the Continental, right? Yes, that big, beautiful the, Continental, yeah, the nineteen sixty style. Yeah, that's yeah. where I saw Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, right down the street from uh, Celebrity Fun. Center. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so and and like so, you know, you're talking about the books. Uh, you know, like I'll buy. I was. I've read every book. I'm not. I haven't caught up that far. Well, like I got. I always get like the Marvel books, like the Marvel encyclopedias, and yeah, like, yeah. and the things like that. And I get. And I gave them to like my youngest kid as a gift. And I. I ended up reading them. Like this is thing about Doctor Strange, and I'm like reading up mm-hmm. on Doctor Strange. And um, so I like all that stuff too. Um, it's 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 funny because I think you and I talked about it, and I said something about Batman versus Superman not being fun. And I think you were saying, and you were saying, well, why does it have to be fun? And I said, well, fun, I mean, like, Reservoir Dogs is fun. Uh Like, that's a, that's fun. I mean, it's violent and horrible, but it's fun. Like, like, it's a thrill ride. And, and I, and I didn't feel that way about Batman versus Superman, whereas, Doctor Strange was fun. It was. I still haven't seen Doctor Strange, by the way. It's on the list. It's very good, and I can totally see where people were like, "Oh, this is like you know blockbuster, you know BS." Yeah. Um. It. It's still. It's the cream of the crop blockbuster stuff. Like I watched a movie on cable. It was called like um, the Cable uh, Guy. <laughs> no, no, actually, the fugitive. No, so no, no. It was, was like cable. a fairly recent movie. It was about like it was an Egyptian gods and monsters or something like that. I, I, I know the one you're you know talking, talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Gerard yeah, Butler yeah, was yeah, in it, yeah, and yeah. Um, I know it's just a about. bad movie. And I just was like, this is not cool. It's just it's just kind of boring, just kind of stupid. But the Marvel movies are made in such ways that they are total blockbusters. They're total crowd pleasers. But they've got great like kind of side references. They've got they've got good stories. And, Ke- um, and Kevin Feige deserves the credit for that. Absolutely. He's the, 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 you know the head of Marvel essentially, and he. I wish DC had someone like that. And they uh, do need somebody. Like and, that. And, and I know that there's this big. It's kind of a hodgepodge of who's in control there. Is it Jeff Johns? Is it Ben Affleck? You know who's in control? They don't have you know in Marvel the buck stops with Kevin Feige, and obviously he answers to Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, but. Uh, it, it, at least you know there's a guy who has had 10 years of experience making marvel films bad ones too at times like fantastic four and stuff like that and and, and now he, he learned what works what doesn't work and they, they follow a, a pretty strong formula and that's why the sure. movies do well here's here's my thing um and i thought about this the other day because i think we just had a conversation yes. about it 
the reason why uh, Batman vs Superman and Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad's a decent film. It's it's got some good moments. See, to me, Suicide Squad's the most unique one in that it is clearly a hatchwork job. It is completely evident. The original vision of that movie was to be a dark, possibly even rated R movie about DC villains. And it's then when the Batman v Superman uh, feedback came in that it was too dark and too gritty and not fun, the things you're talking about, Warner Brothers, and this has been their history with DC films going back forever, completely overreacted. They course corrected. They went through massive reshoots to try to make it fun and light, and they added a bunch of jokes and that whole like music video part yeah. in like, the first 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, it's all... And they all hatched it up. I, there, there's rumors, I don't know if they're true or not, that the original villain was supposed to be the Joker at the end of the scene, and they, they altered that too, I mean, to put the Enchantress in. So uh, I really wonder what that movie would have looked like without the Batman-Superman reaction. And and I think and that movie sucked, right? I what, mean, Suicide Squad? No, Batman Superman. Not the extended version, Colin. If you talk to Raj, if you talk to this guy, this, I've never seen. I mean, all I, everything I've heard is that it it's, blew. It's a, well, let me let me yeah. let me say this first, and and you can you can right. chime in why the extended is better. Okay. The the ultimate mo- edition is the, the, the ulti- they prefer vernacular. Sorry, version. sorry, far, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> if if you the the like the last third of it is great. The last yeah. third of it's really cool. It's very action packed. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wonder Woman shows up. That's pretty cool. The first half of it is a slog. It's just really just kind of like, ah, when is this going to get to where it's going? And it's just one of those things where it's just not made. It's just the way it's made is not is not. Um, it doesn't have the pacing that the Marvel ones have. It doesn't have kind of like, hey, here's some cool stuff to look at, and you know, and and here's another thing here. They just kind of slog through it. Now, what I was gonna say is that because it's it, that's all Zack Snyder, right? So yes and no. Well, Zack Snyder obviously directed the. Well, picture. he has he has a hand in. It. He has he directed the picture. However, depending on what you want to read and believe, the the theatrical cut that you've seen was not Zack Snyder's vision. Okay. That was hacked up by Warner Brothers uh, editors. But my point is, is if you've ever seen Sin City, mm-hmm. these movies have... Have you seen Sin City? No. So Sin City is adapted from a Frank Miller comic, and it's got, like, Mickey Rourke and um, uh, Bruce Samuel Willis. And, and, and it's yeah. all done in, like, a weird black and white. Like, it's supposed to look like the comic. And it's really cool. It's a very cool movie. Um, pretty violent. I think it's R-rated. I think it and be. they all those movies have the tone and kind of the the kind of vibe of a movie like that when they they try to pass they try to take that and then make it like everyone entertainment when it's still basically like sin city just with batman and superman they they didn't adjust it to go hey this is something that you know eight-year-old's gonna watch too you know and 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 i think that's wrong they can go ahead and make any movie they want but they they didn't they kind of made it like, hey, this is going to be like Sin City. It's going to be real gritty. And it's like, hey, didn't you think that people are going to want to bring their kids to it and have them like it too? See, okay, and so this is where I think the Ultimate Edition discussion comes in huge. Okay. And, and I do hope you watch it at some point. Colin, you got to watch the Ultimate oh, Edition. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I won't bother with the standard If edition. you watch the Ultimate Edition and, and have seen the theatrical cut, and, and actually what I'd really recommend is either while you, before you – not before, but maybe either while you're watching it or when you're done – there are lists that are compiled on the internet of all the changes, and it's massive because we're not talking about a hey, let's add this deleted scene in here. That's at they added in thirty minutes, and the thirty minutes is mostly broken up into like ten and fifteen second portions. But the other part is they reordered the film, 
And so it, it became really clear to me when I watched it. Zack Snyder did not make a film for eight-year-olds to watch. Absolutely. It was, it was designed to be a rated R movie. That was what it was designed to be. It was designed to be a three-hour epic. And Warner Brothers, as it's their right, it's their their movie, essentially, their studio, decide, no, we want to market this a little bit more towards children, so we need to hack it down to PG-13. And also, there's a huge financial incentive to get your, your film under, honestly, you want to keep it to like two hours. I think they cut it to like 2.30 because throughout a course of a day, when you start adding up all those half hours, what do you know? You get to fit an extra movie showing in. So there's a financial incentive to do that as well. So that they hacked up essentially Zack Snyder's film and tried to serve everybody. And in the process, I believe serve none. I'll never watch a theatrical cut again. It's garbage uh, compared to the ultimate edition. I've never seen a film improved as much through an extended cut. Uh, if I had to give it like a rating now, looking back on it, I- I'd give the theatrical cut like a maybe a five, you know, something like that. And the ultimate edition, like an eight really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not for everybody. And I do think there was a lot of fanboy service in there. It was certainly geared towards adult DC fans. No doubt about it. If you're not a guy who read DC comics and liked Batman and Superman and, and, and liked that, you may have a harder time adjusting to it, which is something Marvel's done a good job of. They they do serve all. They, they do. They, they serve Absolutely. the masses, but also have enough Easter eggs that you know the hardcores can get into it as well. Let me ask you a very basic question, and for yeah. the ba- for the sake of any listener who's not seen the film, yes, the question that pervade the that comes to mind immediately why would they why is there a versus if they if they both they hate the bad guys why are they well, it's interesting you mentioned that I mean, because i felt the ultimate one edition one of its greater strengths was it did a better job establishing the conflict of the the 30 minutes that was reinserted i guesstimate maybe 50 percent of it or more is clark and it's clark in gotham researching more about what the batman is doing and it helps fuel his, I don't want to say hatred, but it helps fuel his um, anger with, with the way that Batman's treating things. And that's what helps conclude the conflict. And it also, the, the main thing, in my opinion, it does is it better, it better explains and shows Lex's plot to pit them against each other. Essentially, Lex Luthor manipulates them into hating each other and fighting. And it's better described in that Ultimate Edition. Like, for example, if you remember... Um, do you remember the the lady, and I can't remember the country, but it was somewhere in Africa, I believe, that she's doing the, uh, she's before Congress or whatever, and she's like ripping Superman. That yeah, yeah. You find out in the Ultimate Edition that Lex uh, blackmailed her and paid her to do that. Okay. That's something that would have added so much uh, context sure. when you watch the film of why you find out that the when the bomb goes off, that uh, the wheelchair was lined with lead. And that's why uh, Clark see didn't it. see it. There's just little that whole magic bullet thing at the beginning. There's more context to why it was actually in there. So basically what what Marvel did from the start, well, ba- kind of from the start, is they created a shared universe. Cinematic universe. So everything is kind of together. So they, they reference other things that take place in other movies. Even the Netflix Marvel stuff references the movies. Very vaguely, but they reference the movies. DC has not never done that. So until ev- now, ev- everything's and existed. They didn't What's funny is so the first film technically in the DC EU, which is what they call it, is Man of Steel. But when they made Man of Steel, they were not planning to do a shared universe. Yes. And then they decided, hey, let's do a shared universe, and that was the first one because Superman's our most, you know, so each, our each, each character lived in their own world. So yeah, what you saw is like the 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 Michael Keaton Batman. And then the Christopher Reeve Batman that was never Christian rela- Bailey, man. Christopher Reeve Superman. Christopher Reeve, Christopher Reeve Superman, and the and the and the Michael Keaton Batman 
never existed in the same they universe. Different movies, different yeah. companies. And, and then they eventually came together, and now so Batman vs Superman. And then I'll wrap up with this. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Raj. I know oh, you want to talk I know. more about it. I, I we'll, could do this for we're gonna hours. T- we're going to get to the we're going to get the fourth now here soon. Uh, I talked about Frank Miller. Frank Miller had a comic book back in the '80s called The Dark Knight. And this is where The Dark Knight came from, and it was The Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight. No, Rises was the film. Returns was the Dark Knight the comic. Returns. Returns yep. It was a four-issue comic book, and in this, he he made this futuristic Batman, and this is essentially where all this stuff came from, where Superman has to get him in line and has to get him to stop doing what he's doing, and they eventually fight, and he puts on a big suit to fight him, and he basically beats him. They're, they're essentially taking that story. It, and it was blatantly. Yeah, and they, they admit it. They said that was yeah. the inspiration. And, that's, and that's where they took it from. So that's what that's why they're fighting is to keep him in line. Just just watch it. You'll, you'll enjoy it. So um, Ultimate edition, Johnny. Ultimate, ultimate edition. edition. Sorry, ultimate just edition. Just give it a fair shot. Get the just ultimate watch edition. It one time. So. You're not going to love it because it doesn't correct everything. But it is a superior film. Raj, I'm open to anything. I- I'll watch I it. I love it. I'll watch it, and I, I, will, I will report back we to you. We are when going I see to it, turn. So. The problem is the people that hated the theatrical cut the most are the ones least likely to watch an extended there cut of it. There you go. See? When the reality is, it's actually a much better film. I'll watch it. I got an eight year old to watch yes! any of that stuff with me. So watch he'll, a rated yeah, R movie with him. That's right. He, he went and saw it in the theater. So, I mean. <laughs> it is rated R. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know I, that's the thing. Violence and a little, you know. There's one, one F bomb out. Okay. Oh, he, he hears that several times a day. Okay. Don't worry about it. So, hey, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll get into the fourth quarter right now. Somebody said he came from New Orleans where he got in a fight over a Cajun queen and a crashing blow from a huge right hand sent a Louisiana fella to the promised land. Big John. Big John. Big John. Big bad John. Then came the day at the bottom of the mine when a timber cracked and men started crying. Miners were praying and hearts beat fast and everybody thought that they'd breathe their last, except John. Through the dust and the smoke of this man-made hell walked a giant of a man that the miners knew well, grabbed a sagging timber and Speaking of comic books, Marvel, DC, whatever your preference, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, proud sponsor of the show, Mutiny Information Cafe, right there at Broadway in Ellsworth. Used bookstore, new bookstore, coffee shop, record store, and increasingly more and more each day, a comic book store. Uh, graphic novels, I believe people call them, at Mutiny Information Cafe. Please tell them the South Stand sent you. It means the world to us. You know that. Thanks for listening, and please support a sponsor that supports this podcast, Mutiny Information Cafe. Such a classic. Sure. You know this one? No. Uh, come on. I, I, I'm not joking. Wasn't I, this I just threw out comic book references <laughs> that Colin looking. It's probably for the best, John. Like, <laughs> it's probably for the best. But yeah. wasn't this featured in, like, uh, Valley Girl? Or oh, Valley Girl, yes. Absolutely. I was say, it's in, it's, it's, in a, a, it's in a famous It's movie. in a movie. You should know it. Yeah. So, 
Um, hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna we gotta get Raj out of here. He spent too much time talking about comic books forever. He wouldn't he Such wouldn't stop talking. Well, and and the, I I didn't realize when he agreed to do the show. Six a.m. flight for this guy. Oh, that's that is tough. But uh, you know that's these pro, guys though. and these guys in the media it blows me away. How gosh darn hard they they work and and that and that's something that that I think that everybody needs to know. You know? Okay, hold it's on, ridiculous. hold on, hold on. I I agree. He's 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 hardworking, but still he's got to go fly. He can sleep on the plane. Then you got to go what? Go watch a basketball game. What? Call a basketball. Call game. a basketball game. You're call. Yes, you're calling <laughs> it, but you're, you're viewing a basketball game and you're and you're discussing it. And that's that seems like a pretty cool gig. It is fun. Uh, no, and, and, and I and I'm appreciative of it. But basketball play day. by play, and I and I believe I know uh, uh, your predecessor for DU basketball is, is somebody that I know well. Oh, Mitch. Uh, uh, yeah, good customer of mine. Um, and, 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 you know, fella, decent fellow. Um, hard, though. Playing, calling basketball is hard. Oh, absolutely. Oh, see, I think it's easy. <laughs> well, wait, uh, it's, it's well, wait, nonstop ba- action. Wouldn't baseball be, be easier? No, see, I, fe- I would be terrified to do baseball. Just because it's slower? You have to tell stories. Uh, you have to fill time. Yeah. My goodness. I mean, if, if they are um, – if the referees are consulting, which happens a lot, especially at like the mid major mid major college basketball level, and there, there's no timeout, and I just have to sit there and talk by myself. For but a while. you so have to know so this. many names and so many statistics, and just things are moving so fast. To me, it does move it, very. And that's what we're just different people. To me, that right. would be far more difficult than pontificating right. during a baseball. Game. I, it's hit the point uh, where, well, first off, when you're calling one team all the time. You only need to learn the set of names for another team, so that helps. You know, now, it's not is, like I'm calling different. Games. How hard is that when you can't really? Maybe you don't know the guy very well, and you can't see who. You have to just kind of wait till he turns around to see his number, and then. Well, what they'll do is they'll give you, um, they'll give you what they call a TV radio roster that has like a, a headshot uh, of everybody oh, on the gotcha. team. Uh, but honestly, you, you, I don't. I almost never look at faces. Uh, Distinctive looks, like if a guy's got long hair or something, like you know, that'll help. Um, but in general, no, you just go off the number. I mean, you're sitting courtside, you know what the numbers are, and and it's, it, it depends. Like I said, like early in the year when you're in the non-conference schedule, it's a little bit more difficult because there are teams you don't ever really see. But when you get to the conference schedule, uh, excluding new players, it's it's a lot of the same guys each year. Well, so. I think about like you know hockey announcers like Mark Mosier and. He obviously probably right. knows he knows a lot of the players yeah. from the other teams, yeah. but still, that's very hard because he's saying, um, you know, pass to so and so, pass back. He's right. passed down low. I mean, he's got he knows the guys and he's following it. And I mean, maybe you maybe he kind of has already made a note of what line has come out. You know what I mean? Right. But it seems very difficult. So, so uh, you get into a rhythm. Uh, you, you certainly get into a rhythm of it, where. It, it, it's it, honestly the quicker the play goes, I, I find it the easier to, to do. Um, because the last few years when I called Denver, they were playing a Princeton offense, which is a you know it's a slow, methodical half court kind of style, and it's like you're calling each pass. And and now they're playing a little bit more up tempo, which is really easy to call because it's you know Pemberton gets it into Roscoe, kicks it over into the corner to Bobbitt, shots up, no good, rebound down to Amigo, and you're going the other way, and you're just constantly calling the action. And and to me, it's a little easier now lacrosse which i've also called a little bit for du that to me is much more difficult because uh the game is a little bit slower in terms of how they they set up sets but things happen quickly they things happen quickly you're up higher and the players themselves there's no identical face you have masks on and most players are pretty similar builds so that one's a little bit tougher to decipher you're like um 
white kid A is faster <laughs> to white kid B, exactly. you know. So, um, no, that's awesome. Hey, well, listen, we're, we're going to get you out of here, but let's let's t- let's get on the, um, the, the 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 hottest topic of all, okay. Bron- the the Colorado Rockies. Um, it, you know, it, I thought we, you were going to say Drew Swisher. Well, no, we won't. We won't. That's talk, a hot topic. We'll, we'll too. talk about that later. Your little project, John. The, the uh, protest. Your little, little protest. Little, little protest. Uh, little and. Um, so no the uh, the the Broncos obviously yes. the, the coaching search yeah although the Rockies are very very near and dear to my heart I'm very excited should be an exciting I'm wearing year. a Rockies uh, knit hat right now I'm very excited about the Rockies this year and we can talk about that later you'll come in come in before uh, you know before the Rockies season starts okay. and we'll, we'll get talking about that we'll go we'll, let's record one on the party deck. I might go to spring training this year, by the way. First time ooh, ever. Ooh, That'd be fun. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. It's fun. I might, it's a great time. I'm excited. I might, uh, I'll have to tell you some of the taco joints. Okay. Yeah, it, please it, do. It, it, man, it is. I, I think you we're going to not make regret it, it man. Because it's my kid's spring break, and we might be able to go and, and do it. My parents have a little place down there, so we might pop in over there. And it's see good time. So, anyway, so let's, let's wrap up with this. Um, obviously, everyone wants Kyle Shanahan. They think it's going to be is, great. Is that who the fans want? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. But okay. what's funny is, is that you know all these guys who like fancy themselves as like these these Broncos reporters who have probably never been to maybe maybe in Dove Valley during training camp. They've sat on the hill. They've never been in a press conference. <laughs> they all fancy themselves as Broncos pundits. They're always like. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bad blood to get through with Kyle Shanahan. Though. Oh, come I don't on. And I'm like, who bad blood? He's, the guy he's was Shanahan's he was, kid. He was a ball boy. He was a ball boy <laughs> for, for the LA. team. Yeah. yeah. He 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 grew up around the team. And it's like it's almost like shouldn't doesn't the guy want Can he get out from behind his father's shadow? It's like maybe he doesn't care about that. Maybe he just wants to be his own man. He's and coaching I, the greatest show on turf right yeah. now and his dad's not even in the I, league. I, I, do, I don't even I don't get that and I think people overestimate that whole aspect of the it. The offense he's Ooh. coaching right now just basically tied every record Kurt Warner They set. were they were awesome all year long. Everyone wants him. He sounds great. Um do you think it's going to be him or who do you think it's going to be? I think be? it's going to be Vince Joseph. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. You don't think that's just a uh, very emphatic Rooney Rule thing? No, 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 no. They they really like Vance Joseph. They as really a like as a coordinator, maybe. No, 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 no. I, in fact, uh, one thing I had heard was uh, better head coach than a coordinator. Not a particularly great coordinator. In fact, if you look at Miami's defense, they're they're ranked near the bottom of the league. But a, but a, that guy. But a, <laughs> we did. Why right, not? Right. But again, well, my, Miami had a resurgent run game this this season, half, about halfway through. So that's kind of what they mm-hmm. what they're what they're lacking. Um, they they definitely probably want somebody who they can say, hey, here's what we want. This is this is what this is what we want to mold you and make sure that they don't want somebody who's going to come in and be like, you know, Josh McDaniels, be like, no, I'm taking over. I'm going right, to do I'm right. do what no, I want. No, you're not going to do that. They want somebody there. they can no. mold into it. So so you think it's between those two, right? Uh, I do. I, I I I guess there's always an outside chance that a a Dave Tobe would blow him away. But uh, I mean, those are the only three guys that even have interviews. No up one knew with. who Dave Tobe was. I didn't even know how to pronounce his name I until that just was now. A color. <laughs> just just uh, until I think now. It's those two. Uh, I think Kyle, if he could blow them away in the interview process, could certainly give them a shot. But uh, I think keep in mind they inter- they already talked to Vance two years ago. They wanted him to be their defensive coordinator. In fact, they waited several weeks on it while they tried to get him out of his Cincinnati contract. Couldn't do That's it. So right. They, I remember that. So they settled, quote unquote, on Wade Phillips because they couldn't get the guy they really wanted, which was Vance Joseph. Um, so they already loved him back then. Uh, he fits a profile of what they would want in that. All right. If you bring Kyle Shanahan in, you're, you're asking him in his first time being a head coach. So he's learning everything that, that goes with that, the promotion of becoming a head coach to also fix your biggest weakness which is 
the offense and develop your quarterbacks. So you're asking a lot of the guy. Let's be honest. You're actually, and I think for fans, I don't want to speak for him, but I get this impression. You're not necessarily in love with Kyle Shanahan, the potential head coach. You want Kyle Shanahan, the offensive coordinator. That's really what you want. You want Kyle Shanahan to come in and coordinate your offense and run your offense. And and really, if you look around the league, the majority of head coaches that try to call plays at the same time, most aren't terribly successful at it, uh, especially when they're young. If you go with Vance Joseph, you then hire an offensive coordinator. Mike McCoy. Whose only job is fixing that offense and developing an offense around Let's be honest, Paxton Lynch. So I can understand the model. The name that I've heard Vance Joseph compared to quite frequently from people, in fact, a lot of people that actually know him really, really well, is Mike Tomlin. And the idea that he would be a Mike Tomlin kind of coach that um, identifies with players. In fact, he's the same age as Tomlin. He has a similar personality to Tomlin. He's more of a leader of men kind of guy. And then you hire very good X's and O's coordinators to work underneath of him similarly to the way that Mike Tomlin took over a Steelers team that had won the Super Bowl two years earlier and then Bill Cowher had retired and then he came in and he left his legendary defensive coordinator Dick LeBeau in place to run his defense and he went and he got offensive coordinators you could in theory follow that same model with Wade Phillips now uh here being in the Dick LeBeau uh mold although from everything I've caught uh I, I don't think Wade will be around that's sure. what that's what I was gonna say is John Elway a jerk <laughs> is he a jerk? I don't know him personally, but I, I think he's pretty aggressive. When you look at, at at what's happening with coaches in Denver, is it worth wondering? Is John Elway really just a no, really no, tough no, guy no. to work? For? No, no, I don't. I don't I think, think I, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I, I bet he'd probably even say he's demanding. You know, he want he wants the team to excel. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe personally, he's a jerk. I don't know, but. I think as as a as a boss for the for the team, I think that's what you want. I think you want somebody who's he said it himself, the kicking and screaming thing a couple of years yeah. ago. He's like, hey, we need to just we need to be kicking and screaming. He wants to win. Yeah, we don't we don't want to mess around with this. We don't need John Fox just being like, eh, you know, won the division, whatever. <laughs> He's get he wants somebody that's going to come in here and kick butt the whole time. Right. And I I like that. And now now maybe people go, oh, there's a lot of instability. If he finds his, his right guys, and if, if 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 Vance Joseph's the right guy, and I don't know if he is or isn't, and I'm just guessing. You, you convince me. Don't don't, uh, don't ju- backtrack. Just, well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just guessing based on what I know. I think we I think we yeah. can all agree that what really matters is what, whatever the next hire is. He's somebody who's here to stay for a long time. And keep so. in mind, they're going on the third coach in five years. So at some point, you Mike would, Malone is the most tenured coach Mike in town. Mike Malone is the most tenured and, coach and, in town. And Jared Bednar is the second. <laughs> do, you, do you know who Jared Bednar is? I've heard of him. <laughs> heard, of him. <laughs> heard of him, right? No, here's the, so, the little guy at, at Altitude. Record, he interviews him he once talks a week. Of, yeah, they yeah. talk about him. Yeah, so. You know, if you go, either one of them are young. I mean, and, and Elway said it in the press conference. Like, like the, his exact words were, there's three to four good young head coaches out there. Maybe we can get one of them. So, I mean, he put it out there himself. I knew for right then, okay, no John Gruden, no I, Tom Hoffman. Yeah, we don't John Gruden. Yeah. Uh, didn't you think, didn't you both think that that – when 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 Kubiak came here, yeah. it was going to last a long, long time. I figured he'd be here, yeah, at least five, years. five to no, seven I, years. Honestly, in the NFL, that's a long time. Honestly, during the 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 last year when he I, he was doing things that I was very baffled with, and after they won the Super Bowl, I of course forgot about. Mm. I thought at the time, I thought, I, I thought, is this going to this going to last? Because it right. just doesn't seem to be. It seems to be kind of. I wonder how differently things would have been if John had followed what I think was his instinct. And that was to fire John Fox after they lost Super Bowl 48. I think he was going to, too. I think he wanted to, and actually wanted to get an extension because 
you went to the Super Bowl. He's going to the last year of his contract. That's what you're supposed to do. And and, and at the time, Gary Kubiak was available. I, I, no, I, I'm he was willing sick. To... Remember, he he was he was. Um, I think he had said at that. I think he had gotten right. That was before he had taken the Baltimore. It was job. before that. Yeah, yeah it was the, before that. And they thought the theory, he was going to chill he, out. I wonder if he thought about that. I wonder. I don't know. Well, oh, this, it worked out. They won. They won Super Bowl. That's right. Hey, yeah. That we, we, <laughs> hey, listen. I always say we we always we'll always have Super Bowl Fifty, right? We'll always have Super Bowl. Yeah, so. You can't take that away. You cannot take that away from us. So, hey, let's get Raj out of here. He's been he's been gracious with his time. We we could probably sit here and talk all night about, about movies, about movies and and Marvel only Marvel stuff oh, from here on out. I want to I want to talk to you about Iron Ninja Fist. Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. No, no, I, Iron Fist coming out in March on Netflix. The Iron Fist. Come on, you like Iron Fist? I'll watch it. Iron Fist. Lesbian, yeah. lesbian no, movie? no, Iron Fist. He's a he's a he's a martial arts dude. He's friends with Luke Cage. You know, so. Good stuff. He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> uh, Raj, awesome to have you Thanks, in. Thanks, guys. Please come back in soon. Sure, sure. And um, so uh, let let everybody know. Are you, are you? I mean, are you appearing on the air? Are you, are you, not really. Not no, really. Those, those days are behind me. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. All right. Well, that's too bad. You're so good though. Yeah, we, we really, Yeah, that. we like Thank hearing you. you on the air. I appreciate so. that. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Uh, good stuff as always. Thanks for coming in. Safe travels. Appreciate it. Call that game well. Thank you. And, uh, hey, good times, Colin. Until next time, this has been the South Stands Denver Fancast. Adios. We love you, Karen!